Welcome to the Ultimate Coach Podcast, Conversations from Being, inspired by the book, The Ultimate Coach, written by Amy Hardison and Alan Thompson. Join us each week with the intention of expanding your state of being, and your experience will be remarkable. Remember, this is a podcast about being. It is a podcast about you. To explore more deeply, visit theultimatecoachbook.com. Now, enjoy today's conversation from B. So, um, you know, Karen, I'm so happy that you agreed to be a guest on the Ultimate Coach podcast um, because I have followed your work a little bit and um, I... I think that you will add a new dimension to our understanding of being. So Excellent. welcome to the show. <laughs> yes, thank you. I'm honored to be here, Cordelia. Yeah. It's great. You know, one thing that intrigued me most about your section of uh, the Ultimate Coach book was when you shared uh, that the screen popped up for you when you were in a ACS training and Hardison was there, right? And so tell me about the screen. Yes, yes. So uh, I had gone through nine classes with Steve and his advanced client systems. And this was the, the last one, the ninth one. And Steve Hardison had come to speak at I would say maybe about half of those nine. And so I'd had many opportunities to uh, be in the presence with Steve and then also had another opportunity when I I was part of Steve Chandler's, uh, his M6 group where he worked with five coaches over a period of five years. And so uh, on one of those occasions, we went over to Steve's house and visited with both Steve and Amy and I saw the studio and everything. I was very excited about it. And I knew as far back as 2014 that, and that was the first time that I had met Steve at one of the ACS. That was the very first ACS. I knew that I would eventually work with him. And each time when he came back to speak, Steve Chandler would kind of nudge me and say, so are you working with them? Are you going to work with them? And Interesting. I, I was like, Steve, you're my coach. I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was just waiting. I was waiting for that sign that, okay, yeah, this is the perfect time to go work with Steve. So I'll never forget this. Uh, I was sitting in the second row right next to my partner, Alex, and Steve was having kind of a coaching conversation with Alicia Das, who was sitting directly in front of me. And Alicia was sharing that she wanted to uh, write a book. And, and Steve was coaching with her around that. And as I was witnessing this, I was taken back to a near-death experience that I had when I was 11 years old. And in I won't go into all the details of the near-death experience because that would take more time, uh, Cordelia, than 
then I'm sure we have allotted. But it was an amazing experience, one that I have never forgotten. And I feel really privileged and honored that I had that experience and was able to come back. And there was, it, it was during a time in my life, I was 11, that was very difficult. My parents were going through a divorce. My mother had paranoid schizophrenia and she was slipping more and more into the schizophrenia. And I was feeling very um, unsafe, I think is the word. Uh, so unsafe and, and probably angry and uh, not, not exactly certain how to express myself over the emotions of what was transpiring inside of my home. And so I had this near-death experience and I'd, I'd hit my head really hard after um, a fall from a tree swing. And uh, so I had an out-of-body experience. I saw the light oh, very much like you read about when you, if you've ever studied NDEs. And I, at the end of it, I had a choice to come back or not come back. And my choice was to not come back because the feeling that I was feeling in that was far, far uh, superior to what life was like on earth for me at that time. And I was shown this screen. It was like a big big TV screen, uh, bigger than any movie theater, huge, huge. And I was shown the story of my life going forward. But I don't, I didn't have the details when I came back. I just recall that it was so impactful, what was transpiring, that it was very important for me to come back. And at that point in time, after I'd seen that, I decided to come back. That was it. And so as I was sitting next to Alex, I saw that screen in my mind's eye as Steve was talking with Alicia. And I just immediately knew that I was meant to work with Steve, that now was the time. And so I didn't say anything to Alex. I didn't say anything to anyone else. And that evening, I went out with friends to dinner from, that were part of the ACS group. And Alex had gone back to the room because he wanted to get up early and go to the gym. And so when I went back up to the room, it was probably 10 or 11. And I just quietly crawled into bed, didn't say anything. He was already asleep. And then the next morning, I woke up straight up in bed and Alex had already gone off to the gym and I grabbed my laptop, jumped out of bed, grabbed my laptop and I wrote to Steve and I wrote to Steve and told him I knew I could do that. I knew I could share with him, Steve, this is exactly what occurred yesterday. <laughs> and this is where this is where it comes from. And and Steve was just on it. And I had a phone call 
that evening uh, when I was on the airplane coming back uh, when we landed and he was just uh, uh, amazing. It was like I would placed a 911 call and <laughs> had jumped on it. And the other really fascinating thing, Cordelia, was Alex came back from the gym that morning and I said, I emailed Steve and he said, oh, great. Are you going to work with him? And I said, yes, actually, <laughs> yes. And, and, uh, and I said, how did you know? And he goes, <laughs> when we were sitting next to each other yesterday, it, in, you know, as we were sitting and when he was talking to Alicia, he just dropped in that you were going to work with him. I was like, that's it. Yeah, you got it. That's exactly when it happened. And so, and that doesn't surprise me. Alex and I are very energetically connected. And uh, so it was just this absolute knowing that I was going to be doing this work with, with Steve. And a really fascinating thing happened for Delia. Shortly after I started doing the work with Steve, Amy had come uh, to the studio at the end of our session, and she wanted to interview me, get more details for the book. And so we had this just amazing conversation. She's studied near death experiences far more than I had. And she sent me this book on near death experiences. And I, so now fast forward a couple of weeks later, I'm reading this book and never in my life had I ever seen this before, but story in the book where this woman describes her near-death experience and she describes this big, like massive TV screen. I was like, oh my God, I had no idea. (laughs) Someone else's experience, what I had experienced. And so... Yeah, it was just, it's, it's just, there's so much more to this life than we, we know. And we're so much more powerful than we give ourselves credit for in terms of tapping into intuition, understanding energetically. Uh, You know, I work with my clients on energy. I show them how they can move dowsing rods I work with them with horses and show them how the horses, how attuned they are to energy and how they can teach them all around energy. Yeah, wow. just really fun. Really fun. Thank you for sharing um, with, with us about your near-death experience and, and how that uh, the, the energy and the wisdom of that moment has carried you through into your presence. I, I find it so striking that, you know, even your partner, it's almost like he um, lives in that other realm with you. Yeah. 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 He spent 13 and a half years in a Zen Buddhist monastery. And so, uh, you know, more than 10,000 hours, way more of meditation, both sitting meditation walking meditation, working meditation. And so he's, he's like the perfect partner for me in terms of how, how we energetically connect and 
Here's the other great thing. I met him in the ACS. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> of course you did. That's perfect. You know, yeah. I, I love, um, I love everything about that story. I do want to come back to the screen. Not right now. I want to move uh, into you and Alex um, sure. being together because uh, I think that that's really, I think that's the gem out of the story that you just shared, interestingly enough. Um, so you met Alex through ACS. And for those who are listening and don't know what that is, that's Steve Chandler's advanced client systems, uh, advanced client school, right? Yeah, advanced client systems. Oh, it is systems. Okay. Yes, yes. And he had it from January of uh, 2014 all the way up through February of 2020, just before COVID. And then what he did is he moved it into his master class. Hmm. So now he has the uh, Coaching Prosperity School master class. Uh, and many of, the, many of us that were in the ACS for a long time are teachers in his master class. Which is an online program now. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So um, I'm, I'm so curious. How did you and, and Alex know that you were aligned to be partners? Uh, not, not at the beginning. Uh, so in the second ACS, I walked into the room. I sat down next to um, Jason Goldberg, who's one of my dear, dear friends, and uh, was chatting with him. He was sitting on my right. And then uh a little, shortly before the program began for the very first time, uh, there was a gentleman sitting to my left and he had on a ball cap and I thought he was like this young kid. And because uh, he, he looks very young and yeah. I think that's all the meditation. And so I turned to introduce myself to him and, it, and instantly I knew that this was someone very different, very different energy. And just this beautiful presence and softness to him. And he was hilarious because he was hanging on all of you know, everything Steve was saying. And now this is my second one. So I'm starting to guess what Steve's going to say next, right? right. <laughs> and there's Alex and he's just nodding his head. Yeah, you know. He's so excited. And that was so infectious. Uh, just absolutely infectious. And so I didn't think much about it and went out with some friends that I knew from the first one, the first ACS and uh, went to lunch. And I happened to see him as we were leaving to go to lunch and he was sitting on a bench outside and I invited him along and he said he couldn't come. And again, didn't think much of it. The next day, I, I like to sit in the front of the room so that you know, I'm very engaged and paying attention and as opposed to the back of the room. And so I was sitting over on the other side in the front of the room and Alex was already seated and he was sitting back about four rows and he calls up and he says, Karen, is that seat next to you? Is that empty? And <laughs> normally I would have said, yeah, come on up, you know, and instead it was like, yeah, you know, come on. I want more of that energy. Come sit next to me. <laughs> and, and it was really cute. 
And so then the next thing was he had said, um, uh, we were talking about meditation and guided meditations because I'm very curious. I was asking him all kinds of questions. He said, Hey, the next break, I'll do a guided meditation for you. And I said, Oh, great. (laughs) So the next break came and he just like, he's out of there. He splits. And I'm like, where's my guided meditation? What, what, what happened here? And, uh, so I didn't say anything. And then at the end, uh, he said, hey, Karen, you know, sorry, uh, I missed you at the break. But if you'd like to do that guided meditation, let's do that now. And so I was like, great. You know, I'm staying here at the hotel and I had this great little patio. Let's go there. So we did the guided meditation. And I was like, uh, let's see what would you like to know about my entire life was happening? <laughs> what is he doing to me here? <laughs> my whole life story. And, you know, <laughs> and what's happening? And we were there for about 90 minutes and we were supposed to meet some friends for dinner. And we, we were late. They had already had dinner by the time we showed up. And, and, um, but he became a very, very good friend. And we were, you know, texting. And again, I was just, I wasn't looking for a relationship. Um, I had a series of really bad dates and I was just like, <laughs> I'm kind of over that part of my life. And, um, and he was, he was great to have as a friend. I really, really enjoyed that. And there was just this innocence about him that was hilarious. And the, the day, the last day of the ACS, I was getting ready to leave the hotel. I was at the front desk and Alex shows up and he's like, Karen, I had a dream about you last night. And I was like, Oh, well, that's a good come online. (laughs) (laughs) And he was just so innocent. (laughs) I was like, Okay, well, I'm trying to catch my plane, so why don't we catch up on that dream later? You're like, whatever, man. Okay. <laughs> it was like Mork and Mindy. I was like, wow. Okay. Um, and so then uh, fast forward. So that was September, October of 2014. And I, yes, yes. And September, October, 2014. And I had um, an operation in December of 2014. And I was supposed to just be overnight in the hospital, back home. It was right before the holidays, the Christmas holidays. And the procedure, uh, I didn't go well. And I had all kinds of complications after that I should have never had. And ended up in the cardiac ward um, over the Christmas holidays for for the um, five, seven days, maybe. Somewhere between five and seven days. And uh, I I didn't tell very many friends. My best friend back home knew and Alex knew. And Alex only knew because he was texting me pretty regularly. And when he found out my situation, he was on it. And he was just, you know, texting me and uh, sending me music and at one point he said, you know, am I bothering you? And I'm like, 
No, I am like a human pincushion here. They get me up every morning, take x-rays at four in the morning. This is fantastic. It's the best thing happening for me right now. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, and he was just so supportive. And my girlfriend back home was so supportive. And it was, it was, it was a horrible and amazing experience all at the same time. And finally, I was able to get out. And it really was like that. Like, please, please let me out of here. It sounds like they, they released you from prison. Yeah. Oh my yeah. Yeah. And, um, and so as I walked out, I, they have these doors that slide open automatically. And as I walked out and I stepped, it was like as if I was stepping across a threshold. And I had this thought. Again, just like the screen with Steve, just drop in. Oh, oh my goodness. What would it be like to be with a man like that? Mm-hmm. And then that was it. I opened my heart and he knew. And he, and that I, it was just like the moment I opened my heart toward him beyond friendship, he, he just knew and by February of 2015, we were, we were an item and it was, it was really amazing, amazing experience. And if you ask him this story, Cordelia, he'd say, I was just, I was just contacting her. I was just staying in touch. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I need to have him on the podcast and get the other side of the story. Yeah, that would be interesting. <laughs> that would be fun. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I what I love about your your story is two things. You know, number one, with every seeming hardship, there is also ease in it. Yes. And the second thing is this reoccurring theme of thresholds and screens. <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> Yes, and listening, right? And listening, having this ability to be able to listen as those messages are coming. And I've, I've, everyone has this ability, and it's a matter of slowing down, getting present, and listening. And that's what we do as coaches. That's what I do as a coach, right? Uh, my document is I listen as the presence of love in every conversation. And that what I mean by that is not only am I listening to my client, but I'm listening to my intuition. I'm listening for what, what direction shall I take this person in? What question shall I ask next? that will lead in that direction. And so just by deeply listening and being very present always and always practicing, that's one of the biggest things that I learned from Steve Hardison in this past year is always practicing, being in practice, no matter what your situation, no matter who you're with. And, you know, that led to some very interesting experiences in our coaching together. 
So I hear that as heart listening. Yes. Heart listening, uh, you could say, yeah, uh, as opposed to egoic listening. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Every time I'm with you, I feel that we're really together, like the back of our hearts are like touching, you know? So see, it like really touches me. <laughs> um, so that's that's what it feels like. Would you expound a little bit more on how your presence has deepened in the year and a half that you work with Steve Hardison? Oh, gosh. Let me see if I can sum it up. Uh, <laughs> That's uh, another one of those big questions, know, right? right? Do we have two hours? <laughs> you right. At least. <laughs> yeah. I mean, from the first, my very, very first session with him, I skipped the B-Web because I just knew and, you know, went for the, the, the whole, the whole tamale, right? I guess is that what they say? <laughs> I guess that's what we're going to say. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, Steve, you know, he sat, he sat me down in his office first, you know, you go to his home and, and, and he greets you and would you like some water? What would you, what can, what can I get you? And he talks to you about his, his studio and, um, and then he takes you there. And we went on a little field trip, my first, my first wow. session. And uh, Steve said that he'd had a dream the night before. He woke up and he called his next door neighbor and asked if he could have permission to bring me over to her house. And so we went on a little excursion over there. And I remember it was a really hot day, maybe a hundred, it was April and it must've been a hundred and something. And uh, we went over and her, unfortunately her foundation at her house is falling apart and and you can see it from the back of the house that um, the structure of the house is beginning to collapse and and she's in her 80s and it's just you know I, my heart really went out to her and so the whole time Steve is using that as an analogy for how important our foundation is and that without a really solid foundation, it's nearly impossible for us to grow at this accelerated rate because what happens is our crumbling base or you might say our judgments get in between us and our growth and the work that I was doing with Steve. And fascinating enough, Cordelia, uh, I had the entire foundation of my own home redone and about a year and a half prior. Wow. And I was in denial about my foundation. And it wasn't until I had decided to have them bulldoze my entire backyard uh, because I was putting in my new sanctuary for my coaching studio and my guy who was doing the excavation, Paul, 
calls me over on day one and says, Karen, have you noticed the cracks in your foundation? And I'm like, yeah, (laughs) you need to do something about that. (laughs) Okay, Paul, I've been in denial. (laughs) This has happened just like a year and a half prior. Right? Universe speaking to me. And then, of course, that's where Steve starts. And and of course, I had the foundation. I had 26 piers put in 26, 26 feet down. Wow. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so completely redid my um, the structure of my home and backyard and such. So it, it was just, I, I mean, that's where it started, Cordelia. And like you said, we could spend the you know, hours going through all of, you know, the, the creation of the document, the distinctions that I learned when I was with him. Uh, it just, it, it was incredible. And I'll, I'll share one story that will bring this home. And that is that December 30th uh, of last year, of 2021, we had a massive wildfire. I live in the suburbs. Uh, the last thing you would ever expect is a wildfire in December. Uh, but we had these Chinook winds that came in that were 115 miles an hour. And so from six miles away, uh, an uncontrolled little fire became a massive wildfire and wiped out more than a thousand houses. Wow. And so this wildfire was headed our way. And again, you know, I'm to out on the deck taking video. Thinking, <laughs> oh, it's over there. It's in me. So I'm sending it, you know, to my next door neighbor who was out of town. And uh, and pretty soon, uh, my client from Germany is calling me and saying, Karen, I'm on the ski slopes with my daughter, but my wife just called me and your neighborhood is evacuating. I'm like, what? <laughs> wow. How did he know? That's crazy. His wife was talking to uh, her friends who live in our neighborhood and oh. they apparently, but there was no, nobody that, that was an issue. No one got a call or reverse 911 or alarms or anything, nothing. But uh, yeah, people, people got the word and, and we started evacuating. And even as we're evacuating, I'm looking at all of my photo albums and thinking, should I take them? Should I not? And and my kids were visiting for the holidays and they're like, mom, you got to get out. I'm like, okay, you know, <laughs> turn on the sprinklers in the back. And, uh, you know, and Alex is like, are you sure you don't want to get to China? And so <laughs> we're, we're evacuating. And uh, it was just, it was surreal. And I thought a couple hours went by and we're all on our phones and we had just gone to like a coffee shop in South Boulder that was about six miles away. And, but as we were driving there, I could see the flames, see the fire, see these neighborhoods burning. And that's when it really set in that, oh my goodness, this is really happening. And, but still thinking, oh, I'm going back to my house tonight. Right. <laughs> yeah. no, no, you're not. And so, Friends were all reaching out, offering spaces. We finally get to a, one of my friend's house 
And we had five adults, one with COVID, two dogs. So uh, we had to yeah, make special arrangements. And uh, it, it was just surreal. And I immediately went to my document. And there was a line from my document. I'm filled with a pure sense of inner peace. Hmm. And I just kept repeating that to myself. I get chills now as I share that. And as we were watching on the news and there was my neighbor, two two houses down, his his yard was burning fence, trees, a house behind us, two houses burned flat, 27 houses burned on my street. Wow. I just kept repeating, I am filled with a pure sense of inner peace. And I remember the kids were like, we're so sorry. My daughter was like, I'm so sorry, mom. I was rushing you. We didn't get anything because it really looked like our house was gone. And I just looked at all of them. I said, you know what? I am filled with a pure sense of inner peace. Hmm. Most important thing to me in all the world is right here in this room. And I'm yeah. fine. And I was, and I slept. I slept beautifully <laughs> that night. It was, just, it was amazing because normally I would have been drawn into the drama of it. And I wasn't at all, not even. I was thinking, oh, you know, I'll miss those Christmas ornaments. Or, oh, you, know, <laughs> right. I, you know, I know I have some pictures, but I'll miss those baby pictures and things. But it, other than that, see so ya. Yeah, it's, it's all fine. It's all good. I'm good. And, uh, and, and I just real, I've never felt so clear that it did. I was unattached to whether my house made it through the fire or didn't make it through the fire. What was most important was who I was being, my way of being in that, in that moment. Mm. That's a beautiful, like example of true presence, you know? Yeah. And, and what it, what it really is to, um, it, it speaks to the volume of work that you had been doing because where ha- where you had previously been in denial, even that day, <laughs> and you had the crumbling foundation finally, yeah. you know, you were a pillar of your own life, yeah. um, even as it was all disappearing and burning away. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. And here I am, and we're back in our home. We had smoke damage, but it was all all cleared up. I had the most amazing experience with my insurance, which I can tell you 90% of the people have not. <laughs> and it, but it, it was created through me with all my adjusters, every one of them. It was all created here and all created in my work with Steve. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So that's a testament also of, you know, how you, you can create your life through how you're being. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Thank you for sharing that. That, that is, it's such a beautiful story. And like, as you were telling it, I could feel, um, even the shift in your energy, uh, when you chose to focus on that line in your document yeah, and you got really grounded and present with that and you, you created being that 
and the ripple effect of that, it, I, I think that could have even protected your home. It did protect your home, except for the smoke damage, right? Yeah, yeah. And we had a part of our fence that burned and it came within a foot of my next door neighbor's house, burned, you know, the whole side yard and mailbox, part of the roof. And so it was, it, it, I don't know if it protected our house or not, but it, I really felt at peace with whatever was meant to be and what was to come. I was unattached to the the outcome. I just knew that it was either way, it was all going to work out and it was all going to be fine. And that it was perfect timing, perfect timing, perfect wake up call for the world, you know, that, that never before has this community, two cities ever experienced a wildfire. And so it's, it, we're getting wake up calls for the planet and, and how we live our lives. And that there's, it, it's time to really become part of a change in the world. Yeah. So where else have uh, you seen this uh, threshold of being the change in the world happening in your work? In my work? Hmm. Every day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, every day. You know, I started this work Back in 2007, I, had, I, I left corporate in 2006 and my, my um, mother passed in 2005. And as I stood graveside um, at her funeral, I could hear her again. This is one of those moments again where when you're deeply listening, you can hear And my mother said to me, when are you going to do something about this? And I knew exactly what she meant. And what she was talking about was my life. Because I was living a life then that many of my clients live now. And it was a life of, you know, superwoman, 60, 70 hours a week. Uh, with, you know, the commute into the office, back home, and then two young kids, husband, and trying to do it all. Uh, Not and none of it all that successfully, (laughs) with a lot of anxiety, and a lot of stress. And so I knew I thought, okay, she's right, that I need to do something about this. And so 2006, uh, our, my, the company I was with was being acquired. It was perfect timing for me to leave. And now we see this repeated pattern of denial. Yes. I wasn't planning to leave. <laughs> but I also wasn't planning to sign a seven-year non-compete. And so uh, that came down to the last day. And I was a shareholder. Everyone had signed the contract except for me. And my uh, CEO, I love her. She's amazing. But that day she gave me an ultimatum. 
And that day, again, the little voice was like, take it, take the ultimatum. (laughs) What? You're crazy. And I did it. I took the ultimatum. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Because I could just hear my mother. When are you going to do something about this? And a seven-year non-compete would tie me in. And I was like, can't do that. And so that was the day I packed up unexpectedly, completely unexpectedly, came home and sat at my desk in my office upstairs for a week and did nothing. (laughs) What did I just do? (laughs) How great to do nothing. That's not an exaggeration. Like I just sat there like, what is going on? I've never been an entrepreneur. I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) So we could say that was your um, jump start into meditation. (laughs) Yes. Right. Exactly. Yes, I did. I had already started meditating back in, in March of 2006. And that really supported me through a lot of this. So March 2006, July 2006. So I had been meditating for about three months. And uh, yeah, I, I uh, thought, well, the phone rang like that, you know, my, my phone's ringing. So I pick up the phone. <laughs> it was a consultant who we had worked with uh, back in 2004. And she said, Karen, you know, I hear you're no longer at the company. Would you like to come and do some work with, with me? I'm like, absolutely. I'm just sitting here. So that, that then started the journey of consulting. And then from there, I had done some volunteer work. And one of the board members said, hey, have you ever done coaching? And I said what I said when I did consulting. No, but absolutely, I can do that. And you know, I've managed 27 people. I love people. I'd love to do that. And so she introduced me to the CEO of a company where she sat on another board. And I started my coaching career and got every book I could possibly get my hands on around coaching. And then finally went to coach training school. And, and then in 2012, that's when I discovered Stephen Rich and the Prosperous Coach. And uh, okay. is all history. And so, you know, it, my, my whole, my whole purpose is, really to bring more love, care, kindness, and humanity into the world through my service in coaching. And I'm very clear about that. And I deeply serve my clients that I work with. I love my clients dearly, all of them, all of them that I've worked with over the years. They're amazing. And so this is it. Cordelia, this is my home stretch. This is what I'll be doing for the remainder of my life here on earth. And it suits you so perfectly, Karen. I have to say, I, yeah, truly. I mean, just being with you today and in previous conversations and in reading your new book with Alex, um, how to get the most out of coaching, it speaks volumes to how much you truly do love your clients and you want all coaches to love their clients too. I love reading that book because it, it helps me see who I'm being as a client. Yes. Which yes. reflects directly on who I'm being as a coach, you know, because if you're not a good client, how could you be a good coach? Right. Exactly. That's what I think. Yeah. So what prompted writing that book? Is it is it this love you have for coaching or 
Tell me more about that. Uh, well, the origin of the book was Alex and I, we take these uh, morning walks with our dog, Jax, uh, on the weekends. And we, so we get up early, typically around five, six in the morning, and we go out for a beautiful walk. And uh, one day we're walking and Alex says to me, I really want to create something for my clients so they can understand how to get the most out of working with me. And I just, I stopped in my tracks and I was like, Alex, that's brilliant. And guess what? It's like you never thought of that. <laughs> right? I'm like, and guess what else? There's no book out there like it because I've looked for it. And, oh. and he was like, really? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, well, I was just kind of thinking like a little ebook. I'm like, no, 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 no. This is big. This is, this is huge. And so... Both of us had written books, right? I had co-authored a couple of books to, up to that point. He had written four or five books up to that point. And so for, I would say, a good year or so, we were both kind of pointing, okay, yeah, you write that book. Okay, no, you write that book. It's writing a book is a lot of heavy lifting. It's a lot of work. I'm aware. <laughs> I've written like one or two. <laughs> and so it was like, Okay, we're going to write this book. And so we started going to the coffee shop and we started outlining the book. And then in February of 2020, just before COVID, I had said to Alex, I said, you know, we really should put a stake in the ground on the book and announce it to the ACS, don't you think? And he's like, that's brilliant. And so I asked Steve, I said, Steve, can we tell the room about our book? I want to get the reaction. And so we did, we had, Steve gave us like 30 minutes to talk about our book oh, with wow. coaches and they were over the moon. They were just like how I was when Alex and I were talking like, oh my God, there's no book out there like that. It's brilliant. And so we knew we had to do it. COVID hit literally like the yes. couple weeks later and we looked at each other and was like, hey, this is it. Perfect time. Perfect timing. Let's do it. Let's do it. And so it, it took a while, uh, but uh, we launched the book uh, last September of 2021. So what was that, like a year and a half uh, at the point when we really got serious about the book? And um, very, very proud. Both of us are very proud of this book. It's, it's our best ever. It and is. It's, it's amazing. It is like the ultimate book. Yeah. about um, how to be, how to get the most out of coaching. It's, it's so, I mean, it, it talks about stuff that I didn't even think about. It's kind of like the unconscious stuff underneath <laughs> the layers of being a client, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. There. yeah. And it's, it's, it is the thing that was missing where there's so much ambiguity around it that you know, you start with a new coaching client. They've never been coached before. They don't know how to even meet you halfway. Yet we yeah. want them to meet us halfway so that we can, you know, help them. But they don't know how. And, and nor have they ever known how. And so that's what this book does is it really helps them get clear about how they can show up to the coaching uh, and get the most out of their experience. And 
we've made it really nice and short, 146 pages, so they don't even have to read a lot. It's just punchy, has lots of good ideas, tips, exercises, and um, and there's even more to come, okay. which, which I can't announce yet. There's more coming. <laughs> of course there is. There's always more. Yeah. that That's so beautiful. Thank you for putting that gift into the world. Thank you. Yeah. So coming back to the screen. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I feel like uh, now that I know all the other things that I didn't know <laughs> about you and your work and how you got to be here, I'm, I'm wondering how much um, of that, that screen is like a, a filter when you're working with clients. I, I'm, I guess my question here is about do you have the capacity to also see into what's their life purpose? Not that you're a fortune teller or clairvoyant or anything like that, but um, I, I'll give you a little background of where I'm coming with coming from with this. Okay. So mm-hmm. it's my understanding that indeed our whole life does play before us when, you know, it's the end of our life. And, and indeed, we actually have seen all of it before we even come into mm-hmm. our human form. Mm-hmm. And, it, and the gift is in the forgetting, because that's actually the meaning of human being, the mm-hmm. one who forgets, right? Mm-hmm. So um, the fact that you began your life forgetting what you knew was going to happen, and then you got a little glimpse of it again, um, and you came back because of that, oh, wait, I have a great purpose, a great work to do here, right? Uh-huh. And then you forgot again. Um, it's just in in the forgetting, how do you, is, is that the enlightenment that you share with your clients, letting them know that the, the great part is all about the not knowing what you don't know? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's for me, and I can only speak to my own personal experience, is that I trust always that I'm guided. I trust always that I'm living on purpose. And that if something appears as a tragedy or uh, a negative event, I know that beyond it is a lesson for me. I know that beyond it is something magical for me to learn as I, as I experience this life. And so I only speak from my own personal experience. And my, as for my clients, they will all share with you that I'm deeply intuitive. And if you read any testimonials, you know, they call me a divining rod. I'm, a, you know, so those things. And so, and that's just from deeply listening and, and allowing that source to come through you and, and speak through you. And if anyone's ever sat with Steve Hardison, you'll see that he has become a master at this practice. And so I I don't go much into 
my near-death experience or forgetting uh, and the value of forgetting. Uh, but I do love the remembered mm-hmm. because bits and pieces come and then you remember very much like deja vu. Yeah, I love that. So I know now that you are complete with Steve and um, how does that feel? Well, interestingly enough, one of, one of my clients, he's a coach. I've worked with him for five years. And at the end of my session with him yesterday, he said, Karen, can I share something with you? I was like, absolutely. He said, I think the seeds that were planted in your work with Steve Hardison have only just begun to germinate. That I'm, I'm seeing those seeds sprout and grow, but I think they've just begun that there's going to be massive growth here. You're going to be witness to. And that really resonated for me. It was beautiful for him to mirror that back for me because that's exactly what I was feeling inside that there were, there was so much that Steve and I did together and so many new distinctions that I learned in our time together that um, it'll, it'll forever live inside of me and who I'm being in the world and the work that I do. Yeah. See, like when you told me that you were complete with Steve and I, I was like, hmm, maybe like you're not going to drive, drive, <laughs> fly to his house anymore. And, you know, yeah. there, there is no completion when there it comes no to completion. working. Yeah. Yeah. No, there is no completion. Yeah. It just, it just continues to flourish and grow and, uh, it, it stays with you. It becomes part of your DNA at a cellular level. Truly, truly. Yeah. I can feel that. I'm experiencing that. And I'm sure even people that, you know, will be listening or watching this conversation, they're going to feel uh, the, the ripple effects of that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and that's what we want. That's exactly what I want is for who I'm being to have a ripple effect on every person that I encounter. And there was one session where Steve and I, um, he mentioned a homeless, a small group of homeless people that lived under a viaduct near his home. And I said, oh, would you like to go see them now? And he's like, would you like to do that for your session? I said, yeah, let's do it. Again, it was a super hot day. He goes, do you want me to drive? I'm like, no, <laughs> we can walk there. <laughs> and so first thing he does is he goes through his entire pantry and pulls out all this food for them. And then um, we we're walking. I said, oh, my goodness, maybe we should get your book. And he's like, oh, great idea. He runs <laughs> the house, gets his book. And And so we went and Alicia, who he had met before, um, who was living under the viaduct, uh, wasn't there, but her boyfriend was there. And so there we are crawling underneath because it wasn't a very high ceiling. So we had to crawl underneath the viaduct 
to go sit with Ryan, her boyfriend. And, and I was just witnessing who Steve was being with Ryan. And it, it was amazing to hear him ask Ryan all these questions and to watch Ryan open his heart and begin to share and tell the truth. You know, mm. there's a story in the Ultimate Coach book um, where Steve is having a conversation with someone who just escaped, escaped from, prison. from prison. Yeah. yeah. And so, well, this was and very similar. He's having this conversation with Ryan. And it was a profound experience. And then, of course, we ran into Alicia. And Alicia loves to read. And so she's reading The Ultimate Coach. And oh, wow. I love it. You know, it was just such a beautiful experience, beautiful day, and such a wonderful example of who we can be every day as we practice who we're being with whomever, whenever, and that it's always a practice and you're always in practice with everyone. And, you know, it's, it's almost like my last question was going to be, what else would you like to put in the space? And that, that story about Alicia and Ryan is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Thank Thank you you so much, Karen, for being here today. And um, I love who you're being and how you're changing um, people's lives and being a stand for um, heart-opening experiences. Thank you. Thank you. And, And such a pleasure to be interviewed by you, the ultimate joymonger. <laughs> you are. <laughs> thank you. I love it. But thank you. I really appreciate you taking the time uh, to hear from me and for me to be able to share my life and my stories with the rest of the folks that are listening. You're very welcome. Thank you for listening. If you know someone who would benefit from today's conversation, please share this podcast with them. Also, we invite you to visit theultimatecoachbook.com so you can continue your personal exploration of being. There you will find links to join our wonderful community, get your own copy of The Ultimate Coach Book, and more. Simply go now to www.theultimatecoachbook.com. That's www.theultimatecoachbook.com. The link is also available in the show notes. We appreciate your support. Be blessed. Be you.